knowing that you're going to fail and accepting that as your reality and that your job as an entrepreneur is to solve the problem and pivot or make changes based on those failures is the key to survival. Like it really, really is just getting knocked down and getting back up and being willing to do whatever it takes to keep moving forward, I think is the key to success. Welcome to the Irresistible Factor, the podcast for brands in the health and wellness space who want to be irresistible, not only to consumers, but to investors and retailers. Here we talk to successful entrepreneurs about the inspiring stories that help them start and grow their awesome brands. And we also talk to investors, leaders in private equity, and retail buyers about what makes brands irresistible to them. So welcome to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. Today, I'm interviewing founders of Bare Bones, which is a bone broth company, and also some other things, some other protein products like collagen and bone broth beverage mixes, which I'm actually very interested to hear about. So welcome, Catherine and Brian from Bare Bones. So thank you both for joining me. I'm really excited to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about where the idea um, for starting the company came from, because you guys are pretty innovative as far as being at the forefront of the bone broth movement. I think, you know, it wasn't, I mean, now people talk about it all the time, but I think a few years ago, it wasn't very common. So I'm curious to hear how you guys got into it. I'll let Ryan take this one. (laughs) Yeah. So I think this is our eighth year in business. So bone broth kind of took off in, I think, 2013 or 14. And at the time I was cooking professionally and in like fine dining. So we would, we would make stock from scratch uh, every day, veal stock, chicken stock, uh, stock. If you, if you don't know is the sort of the base of, of cooking. It's the first thing you would learn in culinary school. It's the first thing you would learn if you were to do an apprenticeship in any uh, professional setting where they're making everything from scratch. It's a foundation for sauces. The gelatin and, and bone broth is really what makes sauce silky and stand up on a plate and gives that like that mouthfeel and that texture that you expect from you know, fancy sauce. So that's like the sort of culinary aspect to it. But at the time, uh, cooking, making stocks every day, and I started drinking stock um, just when I would strain it, when it, after it would be you know, simmered and cooked, and we would strain it off, I would, I would just save myself a little bit and drink it. Just because I, I, I was going to say, were you doing it for any reason, a health reason, or you just liked um, it? At the at the time, it wasn't really a health reason. Other, I, I just thought it tasted really good, and it, it really just provided really good energy. I mean, when you're when you're cooking, you, you tend to eat a lot, just picking on things, or, or as you're cooking, you're tasting. So, I mean, you you might eat a stick of butter essentially, like in a, <laughs> in a, you're like tasting stuff, right? So. You're not necessarily feeding or feeling yourself the right way. And so that's where the idea, I think, for creating a packaged stock or what has become known as bone broth. I just started tinkering with recipes at home. I just had this idea that what if we took like stock and and actually made it properly and packaged it up? Because most, and even still to this day, like a lot of the packaged broth and stock you see in stores is made. Um, it's not the same thing that you would find in a restaurant. It's not the same thing you'd make at home if you were slow cooking, uh, you know, bones and vegetables for up to 18, 24 hours, some, in some cases, like two days. And so I thought, well, what if we make it the right way? And it has all this collagen and gelatin and protein and it tastes really great. It's going to be more expensive, of course. But at the time I was really into paleo and, you know, grass fed, uh, pasture raised, 
that was kind of blowing up at the same time. So we, I started just making a grass fed beef bone broth. Now when it was cold, it was super gelatinous. And I just started packaging it up and telling my friends and family about it and launched a website and pretty much launched a website and offered nationwide shipping, even though we didn't really know uh, what we were doing in terms of shipping frozen liquid across the country, but like (laughs) had lots of issues, but um, that was kind of how it started. It was really just an idea at the beginning was making it out of my house, which was not really legal at the time. And then I moved into a commercial kitchen and then eventually we got our own kitchen. And then now, of course, we've scaled up to to contract manufacturing. But yeah, it just kind of started as a thing I was just interested on the side. Mm-hmm. Were you doing, when you were uh, launching the brand, were you thinking about all the people who were on paleo and stuff like, like, was that what you were doing it yeah. for or was it, was it a cooking thing? Um, it, it was both. I was really into the cooking component. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just, I've always been into cooking, but prior to, I hadn't been cooking professionally that long. I had done culinary school and then this was really like my first job in the restaurant. And I just really, I've always loved cooking, but the more I learned about cooking and and the process and the time and techniques that it takes to achieve like an outcome, um, I really just liked the process of it. And so Mm -hmm. the process of making stock, I just thought was amazing. It takes so much time. It's such a simple thing, but you have, there's a lot of nuance and details that go into making it just right for the culinary side of things. And then I started learning about, you know, gelatin in college and I started reading and learning about that. And that was becoming popular at the time. And I was like, well, this is a great source of those things. So, you know, if it has all that, if it, if it has the gelatin, if it has the collagen, if it's grass fed, like at the time, I, like I said, I was into paleo and to CrossFit. I know those like tribe communities that are into those things is really important. So, we, you know, a lot, a lot of our initial demos of the product were at CrossFit gyms. Oh, wow. That's a cool, cool thing to do. Yeah. And so th- <laughs> those, those communities and tribes, they sort of get the product. You don't yep. really have to do a lot of explaining. So can you talk about the difference between bone broth and stock and clear up that if there is a big difference? I know there's a lot of. Yeah. So. I actually, I love when people ask this or make a statement like, well, bone broth is stock. And my response to that is yes and no. Like, yes, bone broth is stock, stock made the right way. So unfortunately, like I said, most packaged broth and stock is not made the same way. So a lot of those products that are labeled as stock or even now bone broth, you're just seeing this broth and stock are basically commodities and bone yeah. broth experiencing a similar thing. There's a lot of bone broth products that are really made the same way, you know, you know, they, they, they've cranked up the protein on them now because that seems to be a sort of, yeah, a buzzword or a bone yeah. Up, it's yeah. just, they're still not making it the traditional way. So the, the big difference is that most of those broths and stocks are made by simmering packaged. I have to specify packaged stock is made by like rapidly boiling meat scraps, essentially. So you kind of get this like chicken essence or beef essence water that has no protein the sodium's through the roof because they have to add stuff, you know, salt or other things to, to make it taste good. Whereas bone broth is actually your bones, feet, joints, cartilage, all the stuff that contains connective tissue mm-hmm. uh, where collagen comes from. So all of that, it, you take that and water and vegetables and you have to slow cook that at a low temperature for a long period of time to extract all the collagen, protein, amino acids. And so that's like, that's the main difference. And the difference in cost of like those ingredients plus the time to do it properly yeah. is why bone broth is so much more expensive. Uh, it's also why you'll, you'll see, um, I don't, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but like store brands that have their own brands of bone broth. Yeah. Now, um, you'll, you know, they're selling bone broth for like three, four bucks for 32 ounces, which is insane. Cause there's no way if it's yep. made the, if it's being made the right way that it's 
um, that cheap. That cheap. And yeah. you know, the big thing is just like put it in your fridge. Does it gel up? And if it doesn't, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So that, there's actually like a tangible way to tell if something is real, properly made. It's going to have the efficacy that you're looking for in a bone broth instead of it just being marketed and sold as bone broth. So that's the main difference. It's really a difference between what you would do at home, what chefs would do, and then what they what the food industry has done to it. That's the main difference. I want to tell you something really funny, Catherine, that happened there. I was thinking of you this weekend because I was at an eye doctor who also has this side nutritionist thing going on. And so she okay. did some testing on me and we were talking about stuff. And she said, is there anything that's bothering you? And I said, uh, you know, my knee bothers me once in a while. And I mean, I'm mostly vegetarian, not on purpose. I just eat a lot of vegetables. And she said, you need to start having bone broth. And I was thinking of you because you told me your story about why you started using bone broth. And she said, but just make sure that whatever you get has feet. And I didn't know what she was saying. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you mean feet? And she's like, chicken feet. If you're going to have chicken broth, you need the cartilage. And she explained the whole thing to me. And yeah. I thought it was so interesting because I had just talked to you and I wouldn't have even known what she was talking about if I hadn't talked to her. And then I went to the store, to our health, local health food store to just peek around. And there was almost none that had those kinds of ingredients. Yeah. There were wow. just, yeah. So I think, yeah, there, there are a lot of bone broths out there that don't have feet. And then some, some that do don't want to specify that because yeah. it can turn off for a lot of consumers. Yeah. Um, it's a, there's a gross out factor, right? To think, yes, I'm definitely. drinking boiled feet. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But can you talk a little bit about that story that you told me too, about how you sort of got into it? Cause I think that's really interesting how you guys sort of came together and for, you know, you both um, are interested in like the product, but for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I was 18 when I was diagnosed with arthritis in my feet. And like I shared with you before, Christy, I, I was a runner and I did ballet at the time. And so I realized when I, I was diagnosed, like, first of all, surgically there, they don't recommend surgery for, for what I have, because there's like a 50% chance of paralysis from the waist down. Oh, wow. And so I just knew at that time I would never take another step without pain for the rest of my life. And that was pretty sobering at such a young age. Yeah. Fast forward seven years and I met Ryan and um, we started dating and he introduced me to this book, The Primal Blueprint. And I was vegetarian, well, pescatarian at the time, but yep. I read the primal blueprint, which introduces this idea of a paleo lifestyle. And I thought, well, I'll give it a try. Ryan's really into it. Like I'll try it. So I ate paleo, like very strict paleo for 30 days wow. with no expectations because I didn't believe that nutrition yep. could change your health. I really, I really thought that you could like work out and achieve whatever you wanted with your body. And it didn't matter what you ate, but after 30 days, the pain from my arthritis disappeared. And this is after Amazing. seven years of just chronic pain. Amazing. So that was really a wake up call to me that nutrition can be an incredibly powerful form of like healing and nourishing our bodies. Or, you know, the inverse is also true. Like if you're not eating and if you're not fueling your body with the nutrients it needs, it can also be a slow and silent killer. Yes. for lack of a better term. Yeah. So that was where, that was like the moment I was about 25 when I, I came to that realization and I really became 
an advocate for nutrition and finding your, your diet or lifestyle that works for your body. So when Ryan started selling bone broth, like it was his side hustle, but I thought it was really cool that he was, he was doing something to help people nourish their bodies. And some of our earliest uh, customers were chronically ill. And like, we would, we would drive two hours to drop off like a month's supply to, to our earliest consumers. So they were really they believed in what we were doing too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have me convinced now. I'm definitely going to order some stuff from your site. <laughs> I want to try it because I had never thought about it that way. I mean, I think about food that way in general, but I never really thought about, and I'm not opposed to meat. I just don't generally. Yeah. It. So I think it will yeah. be interesting. Um, Tell me where you guys are now with the brand. Like, so tell me a little bit about the trajectory. So you started in your own kitchen, which is so cool doing something you really believed in. And then it turned into from a side hustle into a real brand. So tell me where you guys are and what your hopes and dreams are and where you want to be. Yeah. So I'm like Ryan said, we started in our kitchen and it wasn't long. So that was 2013. We got married in 2014 and then bone broth really was put on the map late in 2014. And it was around that time, some agents, some literary agents from New York sought us out and asked us, can you write the authoritative bone broth cookbook? Because we, I'm a journalist. He's a chef. They thought we would make a perfect pair to write this book. I was full-time employed as a journalist at the time. And he was, I think he had gone full-time with bare bones finally. And so we, we shopped around and got a book deal with um, Harper Collins and that book deal sort of pushed me into going full-time with the company. Wow! At the same time, we had to leave San Diego um, to find a a full-time commercial kitchen that was our own. So it was really great timing for me to leave my job, to go full-time for us to make this big move up to Oregon and to write our book. And we were still shipping frozen bone broth at the time. And we closed our first investment round, I think 2015, and we're able to scale up production to a co-packer fulfillment to like an outsourced 3PL. And in 2017, we found a way to make our bone broth shelf stable without sacrificing any of the nutrients. And in 2019, we launched instant bone broth beverage mixes. So talk about that. What's that? Yeah. Ryan, you want to explain those? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically like a powdered instant bone broth to take you back to the beginning. We didn't know coming from a a cooking and food background. um, Yeah. I had been drinking it, but we didn't really know how people were going to use the product. And so just bone broth as, as a trend is um, drinking, like sipping like a tea or coffee. So people are replacing coffee with it. They're just adding it to their day throughout their day before bed. I mean, it really can be consumed any time of the day. And then it also has the versatility of being used in cooking. So we had an opportunity to, to create this product because it was going to be a powder, because we were going to do a stick pack. We really just wanted to position it as a, uh, as a beverage mix. Um, so that's what we call it. Bone broth, instant beverage mix. And essentially it is a uh, instant powder that you that dissolves dissolves pretty easily in hot water. Um, and each stick pack is designed to mix with eight ounces, so it's like a perfect cup, perfect serving. You can take yeah. it with you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, all you need is hot water, and it's it's made a little bit differently. You know, it's not like a, it's not made the same. So we're not like slow simmering vegetables and everything with it. So we basically have a basic bone broth, so just bones and water. Yeah. Um, and then that's dehydrated into a powder. And then we mix it with flavorings like herbs, spices, yeast extract, 
Um, so it's a little less, I would say, clean than our, our classic, yeah. uh, you know, premium bone broth. But I like to say that it has the spirit of bone broth. It has the protein, it has the collagen, it tastes good, it's easy mm-hmm. to use. And then the main, the main thing in our effort to, to make bone broth more accessible and affordable, yeah. uh, this product really does that because it's so much more affordable per serving. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's a lot less, it, it takes a lot less resources, time and energy to make it. And yeah. to ship it, and to ship it right? It, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. Yeah. But yeah. The, um, I think the shelf stable bone broth is really what unlocked distribution for us and retail and then instant bone broth. We, um, we were really fortunate to have a launch deal with Costco. So that launched in Costco first and then, um, it has really, it's become in the less than two years that it's been on the market out of the seven we've been in business, instant bone broth now comprises 60% of our sales. Wow. So it's a big, yeah. it has really That's a innovation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, well, we, we launched with a, a beef flavor and then um, like a year or so after that initial launch, we launched chicken and yeah, both products do really well. Um, they're both number one sellers on Amazon. Um, and I, th- I think that just sort of mm-hmm. speaks to the, it just has the product market fit is just perfect, mm-hmm. especially like, for the bone broth consumer. It's just the price point is right. Yep. The taste, the, the ease of use, it's not messy. You can mm-hmm. use it anywhere. So yeah, we're, we're, we've been really excited and just impressed with how well it's done. That's mm-hmm. cool. How many stores are you guys in? Like, do you have national distribution in Costco and... Um, so we're only in one region of Costco currently, um, total retail doors, including those club warehouses, we're probably in a little over a thousand doors. So we're still very small in the grand scheme of a consumer packaged goods company. Um, and there's a lot of room for continued growth. Um, but we're national with whole foods, both of our liquid products and our instant products are national with whole foods and they're doing really well there. And we're in a lot of the major natural retailers and some of the um, more conventional like grocery retailers that have strong natural sets. Yeah. So, yeah. Where do you guys see yourselves headed with the brand? Are you going to have to look for like, will you continue to scale? Will you have to do another round of capital raise? How can you talk a little bit about that, too? Sure. Yeah. So we, uh, we have a great group of investors right now. Um, and thankfully we haven't had to really raise additional rounds. They have been able to do PO financing and lines of credit for us to sort of help us scale inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we do anticipate, we have a pretty strong R and D pipeline right now We're we're planning to expand our instant beverage mix line. We're, we're planning to expand into maybe some non bone broth, products, um, but that are still in the soup set. And, um, we're, we're exploring maybe some vegetarian and vegan products as well. So we're really planning to stay in that core, like soup yep. set. and, um, looking at some really big partnerships with major national retailers later this year, just optimistic and w- waiting to hear. <laughs> Exciting. So, Exciting. Yeah. What do you feel like the biggest challenges are for you guys going forward? I'm sure this year was a crazy one. I'm, I know that <clears throat> I'm sure you did really well as a lot of um, brands in the health and wellness space have done, but it was probably not how you expected it to go. Yeah. You know, the pandemic uh, certainly had its 
upsides and its downsides. Yeah. And we're, we're dealing with some of the, the long haul <laughs> symptoms of the pandemic in our industry. Um, one of which is just freight, like yeah. operations and the inconsistency of like freight right now is really challenging. Yeah. Everything is taking a lot longer than it used to. And things aren't getting delivered on time to us, to our suppliers and to our, you know, to our distributor partners. Right. So that's one of our big challenges. Another one is we're, we're still a really small team and we have a lot going on. We're in a lot of sales channels. So scaling our team as we grow is, is our biggest challenge going yep. forward. Yep. Um, and what are you most excited about? I'm most excited that I've been able to work on a lot of new products in the, this past year. Prior to that, you know, we're still two person team. I mean, we do have several other team members now, but being able to grow our team and, and to free up for me, free up time to work on new yep. product development instead of just like trying to figure out how to the day to day, day to day. And then, yeah, so this, this year we're going to have some new instant broth flavors, which I'm really excited about. So yeah, we're, we're, we're getting close to, to launching those and working on the um, campaigns to launch those. So <clears throat> very excited. Mm-hmm. That is exciting. Exciting. Um, do you have any, as we think about um, moving forward and the purpose of this podcast is to really help others who are sort of either just starting out or facing some challenges. Do you guys have any words of wisdom um, or advice for entrepreneurs who are trying to get where you are or stuck somewhere in the middle? Oh, so much so advice. Much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I think like one of the pieces of advice I would give people starting out is bootstrap as much as possible. Postpone that first fundraise as long as you can. Because once you bring in um, those outside stakeholders, the priorities can change a little bit. That said, don't be afraid to bring in board members who have expertise in your industry, because that was really that was really the game changer for us was when we launched instant simultaneously with that. We closed a round of investment with a group of group of investors who were very familiar with CPG, super familiar with like the supply chain for an instant product. Mm -hmm. and with like powdered things and it's just been and they had they brought with them a lot of relationships with major major retailers like Costco and Walmart and Sam's Club um that has been I feel like we've gotten an incredible education from having those board members so don't be afraid to bring in experts and listen to their advice that those would be my two yeah and just always always be networking and trying to mm-hmm. to meet other founders in the space. And there's so many platforms now. Um, there's there's tons of uh, Slack channels for CPG. There's tons of uh, clubhouse, uh, yeah. clubhouse, clubhouse, yep, uh, Facebook groups. I mean, there's just so much knowledge out there. And, yeah. and early on for us, we got connected with some other emerging brands who were you know several steps or years ahead of us. And so it, it was just it's invaluable because there's no. There's no degree. There's no blueprint. There's no anything for this space. And it's just so hard. Yep. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to learn. Yeah. It's a hard industry. A lot of businesses and brands don't last very long. And it's, there's so many fatal mistakes you can make. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even know what they are until you're making them. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting because even though there's been a lot of change over the past few years, it's still a old school industry when you're thinking about retail and distribution and the people that you're dealing with and, 
So oh, it, co-packers? Yeah. Most co-packers don't even have websites. You, <laughs> like, you literally have to know somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a lot of challenges on that front because it feels like that, I mean, it will evolve, but it's definitely lagging behind. Mm-hmm. And so that's an interesting one. Right. Well, I think this is so great and inspiring and you guys are amazing and so much fun to talk to. Is there anything you'd like to add as we close this? I, I think like the only thing I would add is that I think being resilient and, and knowing that you're going to fail and accepting that as your reality and that your job as an entrepreneur is to solve the problem and pivot or make changes based on those failures is the key to survival. Like it really, really is just getting knocked down and getting back up and being willing to do whatever it takes to keep moving forward, I think is the key to success in this industry because it, you will fail. (laughs) Or learn. Or learn. Yeah, exactly. It's character building. That's what I call it. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you got to listen to like listen to the customers, listen to the market, like how are people using your products? Like, for example, I'll just use this as an example the, the brand Vital Proteins. They, they launched more as like a sports supplement and they learned that they were building a beauty, a beauty brand. Yes, wild. So you just, whatever yeah. it is, you have to embrace it and pivot. Yeah, pivot is kind of the key word, right? Like you just always got to be able to, to pivot on a dime and, and change and listen to your customers, listen to the feedback. For sure. Yeah. I think that's really good advice too. Cause I think you get stuck some, and I think that's your advice about bringing in outsiders is really helpful because you could get focused and think that, you know, what you're, you know, and you're not seeing the outside or hearing it because you've got so many things to do and um, you're on a mission to make something happen. And I think sometimes just taking a breath and, and looking outside is really important. Yeah. yeah getting that outside perspective yeah. really is. Otherwise the tunnel vision can blind yes, you. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you guys so 